your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. On today's episode, we will be discussing the major free agents for the Avalanche, namely Gabe Landeskog and Philip Grubauer, and yes, even Cam McCarr, and how looking at the, the couple deals that have been signed so far, namely the Erickson Eck deal and the Ryan Nugent Hopkins deal, and we had thrown out there, would this have any impact? And and not the dollar amount, but the first domino to fall. Would other teams kind of follow suit how those deals went down? And it seems like it's probably going to happen with the Avalanche. So I'll explain all of that. Uh, we did Sam Girard's season grade. I put the poll up over the weekend, and I never did a show about it. So we'll have a quick segment about Sammy Gerrard and his great season, although it didn't end well, but who did it end well for anybody? Uh, And then we will get into some – we'll start our prospects and uh, some potential picks that the Avalanche could select come draft time. And uh, we're going to start with the the Halifax Moosehead. Why not? And Zachary LaRue. So I uh, threw him up on uh, Twitter a couple days ago. And very, very polarizing player. But we will discuss him as well. We'll do those every Tuesday and Thursday. First things first, follow the show on social media outlets. Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche. And send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to Locked on Avalanche at gmail.com. So, like we said. Uh, the, the main, the three main free agents that all Avalanche fans have eyes on Philip Grubauer, Gabe Landeskog, Kale McCarr, pretty confident, uh, the Avalanche will sign all three seems I, I had some reservation about not reservation. It's a bad word. Um, I had some concern Philip Grubauer might go elsewhere, uh, but it does seem like he wants to say, which is a smart thing. He knows he's in a good situation. Uh, you know, I think he's he's going to get a pay increase, and he's going to get a pay increase on a team that is a Stanley Cup contender. So why move just to, to chase a little bit extra money, which he probably could get elsewhere. Uh, but you're going to get an increase in pay, and you're going to be competing for Stanley Cup. So I think it's a, a smart move to say stay where he's at. And then with Landis Gog and Makar, but McCarr definitely is going to get a massive increase, and Landeskog should. But again, with the flat cap, he might not get as much of an increase as he wants. But the way that at least we've seen so far, namely in the Ryan Nugent Hopkins deal and uh, the Minnesota Wild deal with Joel Erickson Eck. How teams, and I'm not saying the teams are getting around this. This is how they've always done it. But but what teams are going to have to do now to get that cap number down or, or the, the AAV number against the cap down is give these guys longer-term contracts. 
And that's how you get, you know, a, let's see, we have the, the especially the Ericsson Eck deal. You know, that's the AAV on that is, um, I have it up here, 5.25 million. So that's, you know, <laughs> over the course of eight years. But if you look at his base salary and what he is going to collect, the first couple years of that, $3 million each, and then it skyrockets. In the third year, he makes $6 million. In the fourth year, he makes nine. In the fifth, he makes seven and a half. In the sixth, it goes down to six. And then the last two rounds out at 4.5 and then three. So what he's personally taking home is like a huge curve. It starts low. And then he those middle years, that, that third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, he's making six, nine, seven point five, and six. That's what he's taking home. What goes against the cap remains consistent at five point two five. Same thing with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That is a eight year deal. Forty one million dollars. That's an AAV of five point one two five. What's he taking home? So he's taking five million home that first year, five point two five. 6.25, 6.25, and then four, and then the last two are 2.5. So him as well. Not as much as a curve as the Erickson Eck one. That one, I mean, to make $9 million for that guy and take home base salary is crazy. But it's it's for the teams, it's all about the AAV. You pay him a little bit less that he that's in his check. Uh, that he takes home in a few years, and then you you bump it up in a couple other years. So, uh, and for Nugent Hopkins, it's not as much as a curve, but he still goes up from five, or the lowest would be two point five, and the highest would be six point two five. So that's how the Avalanche will will construct these deals for these guys, and especially for Gabe Landeskog. You know, his AAV, if he gets an eight-year deal, you know, because these two are are, are, are this, you know, relatively the same, 5.25 and 5.125. So let's say his his AAV is, is six. So when you look at that and he was like 5.57, so his AAV would only be $500,000 more. But what do they do? Do they do they pay him in base salary? What he's actually that's what he cares about. What he cares about is what he's taking home to his family. That will go up in some some years. It'll be down in some other years. For the Avalanche, they just care about the AAV, what it looks like annually and against their cap. So that's how these teams are doing it, and that's how they've always done it. It's, it's no secret. But that Erickson Ekwon is a massive up and down. I don't think you'll see that. And, you know, for comparison's sake, the guy who gets paid the most on the Avalanche, obviously, is Miko Rantanen. His salary goes down. His was was front-loaded. So he's making $12 million. His AAV is 9.25. So his goes uh, 12, 12. It goes down this coming season to 10. Next season goes down to six, then it goes back up to 9.5, and then back down to six. So his is kind of like all over the place, but front-loaded deal for him. But you can do whatever you want and where you guys, where you pay these guys 
because it's all about the AAV. And I think that's how they will, will pay Gabe Landeskog. I think that's why they want to do a term contract with Kale McCarr. And it'll be interesting to see the term that they give Philip Grubauer. Was that one year, was this past year good enough for the Avalanche to give him a long-term deal? I, I think for a lot of people, the jury is still out on that. But I think the Avalanche are going to have to take a stance one way or another. Either, yes, we are all in with Philip Grubauer and he's our guy going forward. But do you give him an eight-year contract? Do you give him a term contract to get that AAV number down? You you know, I don't think anybody would have any issue doing it with Gabe Landeskog. And nobody would have an issue doing it with Kale McCarr. I would be surprised to see an eight-year deal next to Philip Grubauer. I think they want to maybe give him a little bit smaller deal and kind of have him prove it, and then maybe you go term. But, uh, you know, this is he at that 27 age by then? I mean, right now he is he's over that. He's 29, so he can go anywhere he wants. He's a UFA. So you give him a, a short contract. If he outperforms it, you know, we're saying now there's going to be a team that's going to try to outbid the avalanche for them or overpay for him. If he, if they offer him a short term deal and he, and he overplays that or outplays it, you know, someone's going to want to pay for him. And if he doesn't win a cup in those say three years that they want to sign him, he might move on and say like, I can't do it here. I'm not doing it here. Let's go somewhere else. So he's going to be a tricky one. I think Landeskog and Makar will get done relatively quickly after the expansion draft is over and uh, they'll start working their magic for this cap because it's a tricky, tricky situation. All right, let's hear from rock auto. Then we'll get to Sammy Gerard and his season grade. Uh, we are brought to you by rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models. It's now impossible for your local chain store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brands that their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer and you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. It's a family-run business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. The prices at Rock Auto are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions to all your auto parts needs. When you go to rockauto.com right now, you see all the parts available for your car or truck. You write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us section so they know that we sent you to them. It's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. All right, welcome back. And uh, you know what? We did do. We did talk about Sammy Gerard. I, I just was uh, racking my brain, and I'm like, I feel like I the, all the things I'm going to talk about, I've talked about. And I just went and checked the uh, previous episodes, and yeah, we did talk about him, and that just kind of explains where my mind was at uh, all last week. Crazy week, and yeah, so we won't need to talk about Sammy Gerard. Uh, if you want to head over to the Locked On Avalanche Twitter page, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche, you can vote on the player that we will talk about for tomorrow's show, which is Philip 
Grubauer. And you probably know where this one is going to go. Should be, well, not, I don't want to sway anybody, but uh, I think the majority of votes are going to go exactly where you think they're going to go. But it will be fun to talk about his season. Kind of just talked a little bit about him, which is going to happen. He's a free agent, uh, and he's kind of a big part of what the Avalanche could potentially uh, be still creating, and he's a big part of that. So uh, go to LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter right now and get your vote in. Comment, and we I'll read uh, most of the comments like I do uh, when we do those uh, season grades. So we will bump up our prospects talk and we'll start it uh, today we'll do it every tuesday and thursday up until the draft if there's some guys that i wanted to get to that i hadn't uh, maybe i'll double up we'll do a couple in a show i don't we'll just figure out how this we're gonna do this uh as we go along but we'll start with uh one every tuesday and every thursday and just because i'm starting today with uh zachary larue does not mean uh, he is the number one guy in on my list. Uh, the the only I, I haven't made my official list, and I will do this like right before the draft of maybe my top five guys I want to see the Avalanche take. He's not number one. I don't even know right now if he's going to be on that top five. But right now he's slotted in somewhere around where the Avalanche pick, which is 27. He is considered a late round pick kind of in the you know mid to late 20s some people even have him going early 20s that's what's crazy about this draft all these players that I will eventually talk about you can find websites that have them picking where the avalanche pick you can have them you can find websites that have them picking in the second round like mid second round uh, and you can have them or other websites that have them picking mid-first round. This is going to be a crazy, crazy draft because of COVID and leagues around the world not getting a full season in, so there's not as much to go on. Uh, so it's going to be a crapshoot. This is going to be a, a very, very interesting draft. And I think how the Avalanche have their board and how it lands uh, that when their time is up or when their time is called for them to pick, they might be scrambling because there might be some guys that they were not expecting to be there and that they didn't have on their board because you they just assumed that they would go earlier. So is LaRue one of those guys? He seems to be pretty consistent on where he is slotted. And that's what I'm saying, like mid to late 20s. And the reason why I brought him up first is because in doing like research on him, the one thing that stood out about him was the the style of play that he has. He's a very gifted and offensively. I don't mean gifted like Nathan McKinnon gifted. Like he just finds ways to score. Uh, he just seems to be in the right place at the right time a lot. But there's two things that a lot of the scouts seem to pick apart when it comes to LaRue, and that is, number one, his skating. And I, I just feel like skating sometimes just gets way overanalyzed. Uh, it, it's not that... It, 
people say his his skating you know needs improvement and fine you know when these guys are this young there's almost everything needs improvement uh but skating to me is almost like you know when how they overanalyze quarterbacks you know coming out of college going to the NFL and looking at how they're they're throwing motion they can th- if they can throw the ball they can, I'm more concerned about their accuracy than you know their range of motion like look at uh Philip Rivers had the ugliest wind up to his throw in history in my opinion had a pretty good career so I think it just skating is one of those things that just gets over analyzed and if it needs improvement it needs improvement I'm not saying don't pay attention to it don't ignore it but it just seems to be just people put their focus on that and say like well he he's skating is an issue so okay fine uh, but don't put all the eggs in that basket. So that's one thing that they say does need improvement. The other is his attitude. And this is kind of why I brought him up first, because we've heard, you know, what the Avalanche do, what do they need in, in the offseason, and maybe bringing in some attitude that they lost with Nikita Zadorov is, you know, a, a road that they might go down. Sometimes... LaRue goes a little bit too far. And he was suspended four times last year in a shortened season. Suspended four times. One of them was for spitting in the face of an opponent. So he has a mean streak to him. In a way, when it translates to his game and on the ice, it's good because he likes to mix it up. It's almost like he gets better when when he is the one getting hit. He has no problem mixing it up anywhere on the ice. None. And that is, that's a good quality that the Avalanche want. How to contain it is seems to be the issue for him. You never know when you're going to get that hit that might land him back in the suspension wing. And where have we heard this before? So recently in in the playoffs. So is he a guy that's, you know, I'm saying do the Avalanche pick him? It's not like he's going to be slotted in next season, even if they pick him. He is, you know, he is a, a maybe a year or two away. But is he the type of guy the Avalanche want to pick? So they have that going forward they have that mindset in on their fours he could be a middle six guy easily so you pick him and you you kind of went once he finally does come up you've kind of established that they have uh, a guy in the middle six that is not going to he's not going to back down from anybody and that's a good thing but so maybe getting them early and not, you know, you, you trade for Nazem Kadri if he's been in the league for a handful of years and you know what you're getting with him. If you draft a kid who's 18, 19 years old and you bring him in early, you let him learn under the veterans of the club, and you have guys like Nathan McKinnon who plays with an edge, he could be a mentor to him and say, like, dude, like, look, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place and I'm ready to hit somebody. I'm not giving anybody cheap shots. You can't do that stuff here. Play hard, play aggressive. That's what we want you to do, but do it smart. And the spitting in the face has got to go away <laughs> as quickly as possible. So he could be 
like you know, uh, I don't want to say like a new type of player that the Avalanche are targeting, but it kind of is. If this is somebody that they pick, he is he is a pain in the butt. Uh, I sent uh, Will Scouch from Scouching. If you follow that uh, YouTube page, and I had him on the show before the season started to get some info on our uh, prospects. And I asked him, I, I said, you know, is this, uh, is it, is it a potential target for the avalanche? And he said, he goes, I could see it, uh, but he is an annoying bastard is how he responded to me. And he said, he goes, he's not the biggest fan of him, but, uh, his data is good. He projects well. Um, and I, and I, we didn't go into like a, a deep dive conversation, but, uh, I'm, I'm guessing the reason why he doesn't, he's not high on him is because of the attitude problems. So, some people are hearing this and saying, like, I, I want I want that grit type of guy. And other people are like, stay away. I man, I'm I'm you watch him play, and even in interviews, you watch him in interviews, he is he is a charismatic kid. He doesn't have these canned answers for you know these interviews that he does. He's very uh sure of himself, not in a cocky type of way, but you can tell you can have like a fun conversation with him. Uh, so it'll be interesting if the avalanche do pick him, I think they are, th- th- they are setting the stage for, okay, we're changing how we're going to be going about doing this for the future. We're going to be, you know, that might, that might show you if the avalanche take him, maybe in the free agency market, they get guys like him because maybe that could be the turning of the tide for the avalanche to be like, yeah, we do need to get a little bit grittier and we're going to do it in the draft. And that's going to let you know, we might be doing it in the free agency market as well. He's a good player. He can score. He has the, the offensive capabilities to score Uh, defense. Yeah. Takes some, some plays off on defense is not the best at getting back quick enough, but that's all stuff that can be taught. What he's got right now is scoring ability and grit. And I think the Avalanche, they're fine with the scoring, but they'll take more. But they need that attitude in the forwards, and he has it. They just have to get him to contain it if they pick him. We shall see. All right, let us hear from who else we got. Uh, Bet online, and then a little bit of an announcement on my part. So betonline.ag, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can check all of that action in real time at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sporting needs for baseball, basketball, hockey, and UFC and MMA. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the greatest sporting all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the games as your teams prep and make their playoff runs. When you head to the website to sign up, you can do that on your mobile device as well. You will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. It's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so one little announcement on my end, maybe a little bit of self-promotion, but. Uh, Podcasting is something that I absolutely love, and I've been doing it for over 10 years now. And everybody knows I've been doing this show since episode one, which was 
almost three years ago now, I mean, two and a half years ago now, and uh, zero chance of, of slowing that down at all because I absolutely love doing this style of media. I love radio. Uh, I love podcasting. I love talking about the avalanche. So what better way to talk about the avalanche more uh, than to write about them? And I've done writing in the past on a number of things, uh, including the avalanche. And I've always wanted to get back into it because it's been a little over a year since I've, I've been with a website to uh, write about the Avs when I can. Uh, and I have joined the Hockey Writers. So, uh, you know, if, I'm sure many people out there know of the hockeywriters.com. And I've been talking with them over the past couple weeks and wanting to get back into the, I guess, print, they still call it, even though most it's, it's always online, uh, in, in, in writing about the Avs. So I said, yeah, now is a good time. And uh, we've been going back and forth. And uh, probably within the next week or two will be uh, my, my first article. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but... Um, yeah, kind of exciting to join them. I've always loved, you know, what they do. And I like that it is hockey only. It's it's not, you know, the, these all sports websites where hockey gets, you know, fourth billing behind all, you know, the big, the big guns. Uh, you are going to the hockey writers because you want hockey and nothing else. So uh, I kind of wanted that. I wanted a, a website that was specific to hockey, only hockey, didn't cover anything else. Uh, and they're, you know, the, the best in the business, really, if you ask me, when it comes to focusing on just hockey and their articles and their pieces and their writers. So very excited to be joining them. <clears throat> um, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, obviously I'll be posting whenever I do that first article and they will be coming out. Whenever I want to do them, as I'm sure during the season, they will be more frequent uh, in the off season, maybe a, a few times a week. Uh, but yeah, we'll be They already have some avalanche writers over there. They're very good. Um, and I'll be joining that avalanche team and knocking out some avalanche articles, which is uh, very exciting. I've always loved sports journalism uh, in this capacity in radio and broadcasting and podcasting and especially in, in, like I said, in quote print. So, uh, it's exciting to get back into that. So that's going to be it for today. Everybody, uh, go over to Twitter, vote for Philip Grubauer and his season grade comment. If you want your comments read on the air and I've been even making up graphics every once in a while for some of the comments that go into that comment section. And then, uh, on Thursday, We'll have another prospect. We'll see who we're going to talk about then. And then we will be doing a green room this week because we didn't do one last week, obviously. But definitely going to get back into the green room on Thursday night around uh, 9.30 or 10 o'clock, depending on uh, when the kids want to go to bed. So let me check the score here. And Montreal has pulled it off. Montreal is not dead yet. It goes into overtime. And uh, they win it three to two. How about that? I'm glad they didn't. I never like when the Stanley Cup is awarded to the away team. I think we all know where this is headed. Anything is possible. I would love to see Montreal come back and force this thing. 
but you know, I think we all kind of know which where this is going, and that's the one sport where you just want the, the the team to win it on their home ice or court or field. Uh, so maybe it was a good thing that Montreal pulled that one off. So we, but the good news is we still have at least one more game of hockey that we can watch. At least one more. I, it's, it's always bittersweet. You get the team that wins it, and then right afterwards, when you wake up the next morning, you're like, ah, oh, crap. We have no hockey for a little while. So, but the good news is the offseason, we got the expansion draft, and then the, the, the prospect draft. Bang, bang. So, no time to rest. That's going to be it, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It's always, always appreciated. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go. Go.